0: Good morning and a very warm welcome to our service. It's so good to have you with us. Today we're continuing our journey through Lent. It's the fifth Sunday of Lent. And we're journeying towards Easter, looking at Jesus' I am sayings. And today one of my colleagues, Andrew Knight, will be exploring Jesus' saying, I am the light of the world. I hope that will help you grow closer to Jesus and encourage you in your faith. As we begin our service today, let me read the collect, the special prayer for the Church. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son Jesus Christ delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory, Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So let's worship together.
1: Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 to 9, The Servant of the Lord. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout, or cry out, or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring joy forth. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says. The creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it, I the Lord have called you in righteousness, I will take hold of your hand, I will keep you, will make you to be a covenant for the people, and a light for the Gentiles. To open eyes at are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another, or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: I am the light of the world. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. "'Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.' So the Pharisees said to him, "'You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true.' Jesus answered, "'Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going.' They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke to the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: See the king of love. See the purple robe and crown of thorns he wears. Soldiers mock, rulers sneer as he lifts the cruel cross. Lone and friendless now he climbs to walk. And we worship at Your feet, where wrath and mercy meet, and the guilty world is washed by love's pure stream. For as He was made sin. Father, forgive. sin that pierced him there, so much deeper than the wounds of thorn and nail. All our pride, all our grief, all our fallenness and shame, the Lord has laid the punishment on Him. When we worship at Your feet, where wrath and mercy meet, and the guilty world is washed by love's pure stream. Was He was made sin, oh help me take it in. Deep wounds of love cry out, Father forgive. I was restore us to your heaven, here we bow it all beneath your search tonight From your tears, from your tears comes, our joy. comes our joy, from your death our life shall sway, by your resurrection power we shall. Uh wow. I was I worship.
4: But help us to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith, and to obey it with courage. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. If you've been listening to these services through Lent, you probably recognise that we're part way through a series, a series drawing on the sayings in John's Gospel where Jesus says, I am. And then add something else, seven of them in fact, building up a fuller picture of Jesus. Not so much what he was like, but of his significance. What difference does he make? Why should we pay any attention? Last week, some of our worship leaders talked about Jesus as the door or gate of the sheepfold. And uh, if you missed that, I'm sure it's still available and you might like to catch up. But today I'd like to take you to a text in chapter 8. Jesus spoke again to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We've got used to electric light. But before that was an option, darkness was a real obstacle. Once the sun set in the evening, then you were a bit stuck. You couldn't do an awful lot of things. And so light and darkness became a common symbol. And you may immediately start thinking of some of the ways in which you might understand Jesus as light of the world. There's Holman Hunt's picture, very well known. One of them hangs in an Oxford College but there are several copies and it's often reproduced. The light of the world. It's on a different biblical text but it shows you Jesus with a lamp and although the lamp is not the sun it's still showing up enough of the scene for you to see your way and to see that door which has become so overgrown. Or you might think of some logos. I'm thinking of one which is a lamp. Picking up words in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. If you've got a slightly different sort of brain, you might have thought of light as power. And you might have thought of light, making panels on your house roof make electricity, or perhaps heating your domestic hot water. Or again, with a slightly different imagination, you might turn to think of how we use candles how we rather like that gentle flickering light and the symbolism of the way that the candle burns its own wax. All of those are useful and I think all contribute something to the way we understand the light of the world. But let me for a moment take you to look at a lighthouse. You've seen it, you've probably seen the lighthouse at Mumble's beaming in the early evening or later at night. And you can see that although everything is dark and the beam is comparatively small, nevertheless, it shows up where the lighthouse is, warning or refuge. And more than that, it shows up the way between where you are and the lighthouse. You can see in this picture, if the technology's worked for us, that there's nothing in the sea between you and the lighthouse. There's no obstacle. And if you were in a boat, you could set out and go safely and directly. So, you understand something of this. It may add to it, if you know that It's likely that Jesus spoke these words during the Feast of Tabernacles. That's the setting at the end of chapter 7. And during the Feast of Tabernacles in the temple, they lit up a big candelabra. It was meant to symbolise the pillar of cloud during the day, but of fire during the night, which had led God's people through the wilderness. Jesus is saying in effect, you still need to follow God to find the way, but now that's me. Knowing something about John, you might expect that he would go on to more discussion of the light and the darkness and the way Jesus is the one to follow. But in fact, the gospel very quickly goes on to an argument about evidence. Jesus' opponents start saying, you're just boasting. Where's your evidence? We can't accept that. And I suppose we might want to weigh in and say, well, look at the evidence. What about all those people who are rejoicing in their healing? Can't you share the rejoicing of those who have found forgiveness and who know it? Jesus doesn't do that. He knows that squabbling is not going to take us any deeper. He knows that a legal argument will not shed any light on the subject. Oh, sorry, that just shows how common the metaphor is, doesn't it? And so, towards the end of our reading, he says, I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. What he is saying is that his opponents can't recognise God and the actions of God, the things that God is doing in their presence and in their time. And that's a pretty awful failure, especially for religious professionals. Clergy worry now. Here is the light of the world, and they can't see a thing. And that will lead us on to chapter 9, where there's the story of the healing of a man who has been blind from birth, which again leads on to discussion and argument about... Questions who can and who cannot see and where the responsibility for that lies. We might want to see that Jesus' opponents are trying to depersonalise the argument to make it a squabble about the rules of evidence. And that doesn't work. It's not an argument about acceptable evidence about procedure in court. It's much more important than that. It's about whether we, you and I, can see and recognise God lighting people up and offering to give us light too. I said light was a common symbol. Jesus is the light because he lets us see our way. Our way forward, our way to work, our way to live. And in that he picks up a little bit of Isaiah, our first reading. Chapter 49, he says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant To restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. But I will also make you a light for the Gentiles. A light for the Gentiles. That my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This is a passage about the servant. We often call him the suffering servant, which Jesus seems to apply to himself and picks up there what Simeon had done. Do you remember that early chapter in Luke? The elderly prophet who had met Joseph and Mary with the baby in the temple when he went to be presented, and had recognised the baby as a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel, words of the Nunc Dimittis, and had blessed Jesus at the time. And this goes on because Jesus, as he teaches in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, will say of his followers, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Our light, our light unlike his, is only reflection. But we are meant to pick up the light he gives and let others see it admittedly, indirectly, through the ways in which we are changed and then live lives lit up for God, by God and for others. So what difference does Jesus make? How does his life lived so long ago affect ours when we live in such a different culture and with such different technology? Well, this saying suggests that Jesus shows us light and darkness, the ways of God and the comparison with the dark side alternatives. In his first letter, John tells us God is light And in him there is no darkness at all. It invites us not to try harder, but to allow ourselves to be transformed and so to give thanks. Our technology has given us electrical illumination. We can go for a walk after dark. (laughs) We can even work a night shift. Sadly, the technology that's made that possible has not been so good at showing us the path of life. For that, we still need Jesus all the way. It's another metaphor. It's one of this set of seven I Am sayings. And if we take them one by one and then build them together, we should build our understanding of why Jesus matters and what difference he makes.
5: Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world and you have stated that whoever follows you will never walk in darkness, but will always have the light of life in us. And so this morning we we reflect on what that means to have light in our lives and we thank you for the light you've created in the world and the light that you give us through yourselves. And in March we think of spring and the joys of spring, seeing new life and new light come together. The days are longer, the sun shines brighter, it is warmer, we see new growth in flowers, we see new green buds and flowers forming, we hear birds singing in a fresh way compared to in winter, and it can't help but bring joy to our souls. So Lord, we just thank you for the gift of spring and the light and the life that comes with it, that you give us. We thank you that spring always comes after winter. Light always comes after darkness. There's never just one and not the other. So we thank you for our spring after what's been quite a tough winter. And we thank you for the light of freedom, that light at the end of the tunnel of this very long lockdown restrictions over the last three months. And as people start to get vaccinated and as we start to release restrictions and start to see families and friends and do things that we've not been able to do, I thank you for the light that brings to our souls and our minds and the lightness of heart too. And I thank you that we live in your light, um, in the perspective of eternity. No matter what darkness actually is going on, whatever our struggles, it's not the end. There is always your light to give perspective to our troubles. And Lord God, I want to thank you, Jesus, for your wisdom and your authority and how you stood up for God's ways in a dark world when you lived here on earth. Lord, the verse where you say you're the light of the world comes directly after that time when you challenged people who were stoning a woman who'd committed adultery and initially it may have looked like you were standing there condoning that but you came out with such wisdom, such authority that every man dropped his stone and walked away knowing that he was not sinless. God we thank you that you are light and when we look to you and we seek to be like you we can be light too. And on this Sunday morning, I want us to lift up the political prisoner, Nazazine Zagahari Ratcliffe, who only last week finished a five year unjust sentence in Iran and has now cruelly had to have a, a false court case against her again. And she may end up back in prison unjustly, unfairly, just like that woman being stoned. Lord Jesus, we pray you bring your light your wisdom, your authority through people involved in that process and you would enable her to walk away with her freedom too. And just now we just pause for a moment and we think of unjust situations we're aware of ourselves in our own lives and we ask that you would come in and bring your light and your freedom and your justice and help us to act to do that too in unjust situations that we're aware of. So we just take a few moments to bring these before you. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you you are a gifted creator, a varied creator. And there are so many different lights in the world that we can choose from. Candles, light bulbs, spotlights, torches, fire. Lord, when there's so much on offer, help us to choose the best light to see ahead. Help us to choose wisely. Help us to nurture and protect our light so that they can work for us as long as we need them to, both physically and spiritually. Lord, your word says that you're a lamp to our feet, a light for our path. Thank you, God, that that is what you are. And Lord, we just want to praise you and thank you for the Bible study going on online at the moment during Lent, where about 40 people are spending each week reading your word, understanding your word and seeing how it fits into the Bible and your big picture. You are a lamp to each one of us and you're lighting our path as we discuss this together. So thank you for that. And please help each one of us to follow in your light as we understand and know it. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would bring Jesus's light, the best light there is, into the COVID arena as we move to come out of lockdown. Lord, we pray for the politicians and the world leaders and those who are powerful in making decisions. We pray that they would not walk in darkness alone, but they would have input from you. And whether that's because they recognise you themselves and are listening and looking for your light, or may there be Christians alongside them, brave enough, assertive enough to give your wisdom and your knowledge to help them make that decision. Lord, please encourage them to embrace your light, Jesus, as they make these decisions on our behalf. And Lord God, we thank you for those more locally to us who are doing all they can to serve us each day to bring Jesus's light into our lives and help us understand it and apply it more to our lives. Lord, we lift up Adrian and Andrew and Liz and Glynn, and we ask that you would help them help us to walk with Jesus day by day. Would you help us to encourage and support them as they encourage and support us and give them wisdom and authority as they make decisions about opening up the church and going forwards after this last crazy manic COVID year. And just to end, just take a few seconds to just focus on individual people we know of ourselves who help us and love us. And we just ask that you would bless those who are lights in our lives and help us to be lights in their lives too. Amen.
0: Diolch am Thank you once again for joining us. It's been great to have your company this morning. Remember that there are lots of opportunities to join us during the week and all of the Zoom details are usually on our website or sent out in the weekly email. So keep a keen eye out and if you've never joined us before, now is a great time to start. Also remember that we're here for you during the week, offering lots of spiritual and practical help. If there's anything that we can do for you, please be in touch with me. You'll see my number at the bottom of the screen this morning. And also, if you'd like to turn any isolation you might be feeling into connection, then do be in touch with Rob Samuel, one of our wardens. He's arranging a team of volunteers who are connecting with the church family on a regular basis. And again, if that's something that you've never taken advantage of, but would like to start, then please do be in touch with us today. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Finally, as we begin another week in these bizarre times, let me pray that God would bless us and be with us. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Bendith di ho a thiog, a mab a a sppridlan, aich plith a Amen. Let us go forth then in peace, in the name of Christ. Amen.